0: This time on episode 379 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Loki, Season 1, Episode 1, "Glorious Purpose, and Weekly Marvel News.
1: I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at Gunnageeknetwork.com.
2: You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director.
3: Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Michelle.
1: And I'm producer of the show, Director S.P. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Thursday, June 10th, 2021, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast worldwide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Ladies, happy National Iced Tea Day. It's a good day. That sounds good right about now. I finished mine before we started recording. Now, do you do sweet tea? You do live in the South, so do you do sweet tea?
3: It depends on my mood. I do occasionally like sweet tea. What I really like, though, is when you can blend half sweet tea and half regular tea, so it's just, like, the right amount of sweetness. What about lemonade tea? Oh, that's also fantastic. Yes.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Arnold Palmer's. Right. I just <laughs> do the plain iced tea when I drink iced tea because generally I'm counting calories and just want a little pick me up with a just a little hint of tea. That's cool. I had lychee iced tea with
3: boba, popping boba the other day, and it was so good. It was just
1: perfect for a hot day. I gotta admit, I don't do the boba. I've tried the boba, and I don't like the boba. That's fair. I mean, by boba, I'm talking about those little jelly things. That they yeah, put in. it's
3: it's tapioca,
1: is what it is. Uh-huh. They're
3: also they also make some that are they're technically called boba, but they're not really. It's these little gelatin covered capsules of flavor, and uh, those are also really good. And then there's like various jellies and things like that but I'm just
1: always a fan of classic Boba. I did hear that there might be a shortage of tapioca. So maybe Boba will be a short supply.
3: Well, that's just hastening my desire to actually try making my own. (laughs) There you go. Michelle, do you do
0: tea? Yes.
1: Just normalized tea.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, I, I actually do like getting like the sweet stuff and buying like a jug of the sweet stuff and then getting like, the normal and like mixing it and having, like Lauren said, the perfect amount
1: of of sweetness. You do your own Arnold Palmer.
0: No lemonade. No lemonade. Just regular, no sugar and then sweet tea. And then you do the half in perfect sweetness.
1: Do you do the stereotypical iced tea container with ice cubes in it? No. <laughs> I don't need. I'm just wondering. All right. Well. Happy National Ice Tea Day. Go drink some if you want to. And if you want boba, go get it. And if you're like me, don't do the boba. Don't, don't. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes.
0: Because of fine as Guardian leather.
3: If you'd like to talk to us about fine as Guardian leather, you can find us at our
0: website, legendsofshield.com. We have a voicemail, 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. We have a Facebook at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. We're on Twitter at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can see our smiling faces on YouTube at youtube.com slash gunageek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. You can join our Discord server at gunageek.com slash discord. And remember, Legends of Shield is a proud member of the gungeek.com network.
1: After a week and a half, it's good to be back with you and it's good to have a new Disney Plus series to talk about. So, are you ladies ready to talk about this? Very ready. Yes. All right, let's talk some Loki. Loki premiered on Disney Plus yesterday. That's June 9th, 2021. Season 1, Episode 1, Glorious Purpose. And Lauren, you want to run down the director for the episode?
3: With pleasure. The episode was directed by Kate Heron, who has 15 directing credits starting in 2010 with five of the Idris Takeover, five of five by five. One of Summer Comedy Shorts, one of Halloween Comedy Shorts, four of Sex Education, which is, by the way, a fantastic show. One of Daybreak and all six episodes of Loki.
1: Mm, So we're going to get to hear Kate Hearn's name a lot over the next five weeks. Michelle, who wrote this episode?
0: This episode was written by Michael Waldron, who is also the showrunner. Has four writing credits starting in 2019, including one Rick and Morty, one Loki, Eight Heels, and the upcoming movie Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness.
1: Ooh, Multiverse of Madness! Multiverse—the key thing there. I wonder if there's going to be a connection. I was thinking, is it that Heels?
3: Yes, it's that Heels. It's SP. You actually, you both might be interested. It is starring Stephen Amell of Arrow fame, and it's all about pro wrestling and. Cody from AEW, because he and Stephen Amell are good friends, is going to be in it. I'm really, really looking forward to it. So thank you, Michael Waldron, for doing a couple of things that I like.
1: If I remember correctly, Cody was also in the Arrowverse.
3: He was. He played like a drug dealer or something right around the time of when he was in WWE as Stardust. He and Stephen Amell, actor Stephen Amell, had a feud. It was a whole thing. It was... Right when I was getting back into wrestling. Okay.
1: Well, I know Steven has delved into wrestling himself, and uh, I really don't know where his focus is right now.
3: He was actually in, before there was AEW, there was a pay-per-view, an indie pay-per-view called All In, and Steven Amell was actually wrestling in that. It was pretty cool.
1: I know he's done several physical things. Like, I think he did American Ninja Warrior as well. I think so. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, he's got skills, but I don't know where he's placing his focus now. I know that him and his brother have a upcoming project. I don't remember what it is. Anyway, yes, we have a couple of great creative team members behind this episode. So as we start with most of our discussion Since we're talking about a TV show, we're going to talk about the episode title, Glorious Purpose. What is the meaning of Glorious Purpose? Michelle, do you have something? It was
0: fascinating watching Loki go from, I have a actual glorious purpose because I am me. I am fabulous because I am Loki to it going into like the sarcastic, oh yeah, Glorious Purpose. So he said the thing, you know, he said
3: the thing. See, I was going to joke that it's actually a misspelling and it's talking about his
1: glorious porpoise, his dolphin friend. (laughs) And we know from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that, you know, dolphins and porpoises, they they rule the earth Mm -hmm. or they should. Anyway, this is what
3: uh, actually I would not trust dolphins to run the earth. They're like the water versions of humans in all the worst ways. It's really upsetting. Yeah, they do like
1: to play around. That's for sure.
0: Mm, What do we call it? Playing around? Yeah, we'll call it playing.
3: Anyway. Oh, I have so many horror stories. Yeah, okay. (laughs)
1: Moving on. So, let's talk about your initial impression, because this is very different. We did WandaVision, and that was different. We did Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I, I will say was more traditional mcu and now we get this which is different as well so what are your impressions lauren i'll start with you.
3: so far this hits the tone that i was really hoping it would because yeah you get wandavision which is weird but it's a different kind of weird with this one I was hoping for something along the lines of the feel of, like, the Loki Agents of Asgard comic, where it's a little bit irrelevant. Well, kind of a lot irrelevant, but it still actually moves the plot forward. And that's pretty much what we're getting here. We get Loki knowing that the situation is ridiculous, but also being unable to escape it. And we have Owen Wilson being super chill. And the time variance authority is it's this pseudo 1950s vibe that you've started to see in recent years and a lot of sci-fi to be like oh we're beyond time like you see it in the video game control which is kind of has a very similar feel physical presence wise to this if not tone and it has me really excited for what's coming up in the series i feel like the writers have a very good grasp on Loki, thanks to Tom Hiddleston's apparent two hour impromptu lecture on Loki and his motives. And I'm just, I'm really happy to see Tom Hiddleston kind of let loose because he's so enjoyable as Loki.
0: Yeah, I was satisfied. I like that this is going to be Loki and, you know, Mobius go two time and, stop stuff and maybe cause some trouble who knows tom hiddleston and owen wilson have great chemistry because if those two couldn't play off of each other well then this series would just tank but they really play off of each other really well because you got kind of like that frenetic energy of loki and just that super chill owen wilson thing i liked how this first episode established the look the tone and we actually knew what the plot is which is great because again, we only have five episodes left.
1: Yeah. And it starts out with something familiar. We already know from Endgame that Loki has a dangling time parcel out there. So this takes us directly to that spot and then takes us from what happens with Loki afterwards. And I'm glad they did that because everybody's like, well, what happened with Loki? What has he been doing? And does that go back into his timeline and cut him off? It might come out that things were different over the last 10, 12 years, something like that. But we meet it head on and he ends up getting arrested by the time variance authority, the TVA, which Michelle, you and I have experience with a similar sort of entity with the time bureau. Yes, we do. So there's the time bureau in the Arrowverse and that's uh, legends of tomorrow. That television show that we covered over on uh, Starling Tribune. So it was, it had hints of that, but it also had hints of other things.
0: I was immediately going to, you know, like the color scheme is very Legion, but then the whole look of it reminded me of the umbrella Academy time agency. And I'm sure there's others out there as well. The whole bureaucracy sequence is just really, for me, I'm just like going, oh my goodness, this is Jupiter Ascending, which has one of the best bureaucracy scenes. And look, I know a lot of people don't like Jupiter Ascending. I think you should give it a try. Realize it's camp. Realize Eddie Highmore. I think that's Red his main. name.
3: Eddie Redmayne. Red Red
0: <laughs> yes, he was hired to chew the scenery, and he does. Anyway, I know I'm digressing. It's a good movie. You're in good company. But uh, I just really, you know, yes, they used tropes, but I liked how they did the cartoon, which was very sort of like Jurassic Park, you know, the DNA cartoon. So it's very interesting how they drew from all these different things and they smooshed it up and they gave us this. And I really loved the cartoon of, you know, there were these multiverses and then there was a war and now we have these wonderful timekeepers. So, fun fact, Ms. Minutes, that little cartoon watch,
3: is actually voiced by Tara Strong, who has a long history in the voice acting verse, is currently the voice of Harley Quinn in, like, the Arkham Asylum games, and people might know as Twilight Sparkle from My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, among many, 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 many other things. She was
1: also in Powerpuff Girls. So as a point of clarification, I just want to set the tone here for sure. The Loki that we're getting now is not the Loki that we've been following all through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is simply the Loki after the original Avengers movie. So phase one Loki, that is what you're getting. You're not getting the Loki who has taken over Asgard, then redeemed himself and then died at the hand of Thanos. We see all those. He sees all those in the process of this episode, but we're still getting the puny God. That, that's the iconic Hulk phrase, puny God. That is the Loki that we're getting. And anything that happens here is character development from that time, not necessarily the character development through Infinity War. Just wanted to make that sure for everybody. And then also, since we're talking about the Time Variance Authority, And then we talk about variants from timelines and them reaching the red line and using this time setter, resetter charge device, which I would love to get one, by the way. I mean, how many times in your life would you like to get a time resetter device to say, "Okay, no, this is the wrong path. I want to choose my own adventures, another path and and throw one down and change it. You would like one, right? I would.
0: But that's not the point of them. There is a set timeline. I think it was very This is an existential debate about, do you have your own free choice or is everything already been written? This is the idea of the timekeepers, you know, Owen, you know, Mobius It's just like, we already know that this is, you're here, Loki, to make other people better, which that's dong, because one of the (laughs) things about writing is that. When you write characters, always remember they think they're the hero of their own story, which is very true of Loki. And then he gets hit with that cold, hard fact of you're not. And it's very interesting. I love the whole, well, what about the Avengers? And they're like, well, they're supposed to do that. It's like they're supposed to mess up stuff that was on their path. And that's the whole thing is just whether it was awful. It's not about judgment because there was there was talk about that it's like oh well that bad thing happened and Moby says, like it's not about judging the act itself it's judging whether or not it's supposed to be part of the sacred timeline and him taking the tesseract and you know going to mongolia is not part of the sacred timeline yeah i again loki was kind
3: of the perfect character for this sort of like existential questioning because again as we saw in all the movies that he's been in he thinks he is the main character of the story he finds out here he's a supporting character and not only that but this thing that he'd killed so many people for and he's like oh i have this big plan he finds a desk drawer full of them and it's people are using this paperweights like they're nothing his whole life's goal at this point is nothing and for somebody who thought that they were by right supposed to be the most powerful being in the universe it's interesting to see him taken down it's not even a few pegs it's just knocked all the way down down to the floor but at the same time the thing about loki is that he's resilient he always has another plan and even here you know when we see him get arrested he's Trying to talk people out of it, talk, ingratiate himself into, oh, we should track down those Avengers. And I'm interested in, again, like SP pointed out, this is not Thor Ragnarok Loki. This is a Loki who hadn't had all of that growth. This is a Loki who's still at the height of his arrogance, sort of, I'm not sure if you would consider replacing Odin To be the height of his era. Anyway, and you have this character who's now outside of everything, looking in and doing time crimes or fixing time crimes, or I don't really know. I'm up
1: for either. Just Loki being Loki. It definitely has a certain Men in Black feel to it. We'll get back to Loki and Power because there's an important point that I want to bring up there but there's also an important point since we covered agents of shield for seven seasons and arguably agents of shield went off the sacred timeline into another timeline and multiverse. So where was the time variance authority during agents of shield? I
3: I have a theory and it's kind of a, okay. So when they pull up Phil Coulson, I was like part of I knew they weren't going to do it, but part of me was really hoping that they were going to be like, oh, yeah, he's not dead. But of course, that didn't happen. But I'm kind of looking at it like we know that we're getting Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. So apparently something's going to go wrong with the timeline. And that's also, I think, why I've seen a lot of people like, well, why did why didn't they go after Loki and not Steve when he jumped in the past? And I'm choosing to believe that by the end of the series, the TVA is going to be either defunct or have its mission changed. And so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. exists in a timeline that splintered off. But by this point, because it's at the point of Avengers, but also time works funny, they didn't get around to fixing it or they decided to leave it where it was or i don't know i this is how i'm choosing to it's like i don't want to say retconned but retconned as a a timeline
0: well if the avengers were meant to mess up time maybe the ages of shield were also meant to mess up time
3: let's do that yeah considering that All Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did for like the last what half of the show was mess around with time, which was fun. And I'm enjoying it here, too. But I'm just picturing like 20 years from now, we get an edit where it's the exact same show, but you have like Owen Wilson chasing them down in the background and
1: always being thwarted like once a season. So is this the car's version of Owen Wilson or the wedding crashers version of Olson Wilson? Uh, neither. It's the Armageddon version of Owen Wilson. <laughs> <Yeah>. Act, no, <laughs> I thought of that too, by the way. Yeah, I was going to get there. All right. So I'm going to bring my, our last two points together here. And I'm so glad you mentioned what you did, Lauren, because I was heading there and I'm so glad you mentioned what you did, Michelle, because I was thinking that as well. Okay. Here's the deal. This is a little prognostication by SB. Time variance authority does end up going away at the end of this and things go right. And this is happening relatively about the same time period as the time versions of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Loki, when he was in the control room, mentions, oh, that's the most important, oh no, powerful oh thing no. in the universe. Shh.
3: Oh, no. Just what he was making the point.
0: I know. <laughs> I love the fact that Loki ended up being D.B. Cooper. Right.
3: That I remember seeing that in the the preview and the second he lowered the shades and I realized he was in an airplane. I started screaming because I am that true crime nerd. Yeah. Did you hear? There's apparently a theory that D.B. Cooper was actually a trans woman who was back in kind of male disguise to be D.B. Cooper or Dan Cooper.
0: That's interesting. Oh, but I just remember, you know, all of a sudden there she is. Bourbon and soda or something like that. I'm like, going, gosh, that's it's really weird. For those of you who don't know, D.B. Cooper is someone back in the 80s, I believe, ended up way earlier. 1971. 71. OK, 71. Sorry. Who ended up hijacking a plane successfully, actually gets it back up in the air, takes the money, wraps it up opens up the end to part of the airplane and jumps out and parachutes away. There are ideas that D.B. Cooper did not make it. And that's why we have never been able to find D.B. Cooper and others that are just like D.B. Cooper was the ultimate person who, you know, was able to get away with it and do that one job and live off the money for the rest of their lives. Yeah, there's so much interesting stuff about the D.B.
3: Cooper case, including the fact that he gave his name as Dan Cooper, who was memorable for being very polite to the stewardesses. And they did like in the 80s, they there were some kids playing in Oregon in a stream and they found some of the money that they traced the serial numbers. And it's some of that money, not nearly all of it. And there's two people, I think, that have confessed one is a guy who did a deathbed confession. And then there's a a trans woman who told her friends, yeah, it was me. I was still in disguise as a male then. And then they can't find me, but whoever it is, whoever it was, it's a really interesting mystery. I think.
0: So SP, we heard when Loki was in the control room.
1: Yeah. So Loki's in the control. I got to come back to DB Cooper then too later, but So, Loki's in the control room, and he's looking at the thing, and he says, oh, that is the most powerful thing in the universe. Nobody says anything, but then he leaves. I believe that towards the end of the series, or somewhere in the middle of the series, he's going to try to take that over as the most powerful thing in the universe. And that might cause the TVA to end or go away or diverge into its own time path, maybe to go beyond the red line. In some time path or something like that, thus causing the need for Doctor Strange and the multiverse to come in, in addition to whatever Wanda's got going on and everything. So I think these series are a wonderful lead up towards the next series of movies. I think this is just a great way to enter into it because you can get the fact that the TVA doesn't go into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it ran into a blip. And this is the blip. That it caused. So this could end up fixing a couple of things along the way. And it also is a great working plot as things go forward. So I like that. Now, back to D.B. Cooper. I will really like at the very end where he's parachuting off of the plane and then Heimdall reaches in and takes him and you see all the money fluttering around. At the investigation for the D.B. Cooper, they have found some money in a stream that they might be able to attribute towards the D.B. Cooper thing. So I just thought that was a great Easter egg.
3: Yeah, I absolutely loved that. I I remember seeing that in the trailer, and it made me so happy as that, you know, true crime nerd. And we find out that at first I thought, oh, he's doing time crimes with the TVA when, you know, we first see it. And then we find out, no, he did this on a bet with Thor.
1: So we just got a great D.B. Cooper moment there, but... There's just so much to this episode. It was really great. The time twister. I love the use of the time twister that it was a tool to use and also a little weapon, but it it was just this little thing. It was like the flashy thing in, in men in black. I'm so glad that we got it. And it was, it gave us a lot of comedic moments.
3: So can I bring in something from the comics? Yeah, please. Okay. In the comics, the time twisters were a trio of beings created by the last director of the time variance authority in the last surviving reality before the heat death of that particular universe. So that sounds an awful lot like the time keepers that we have here who are not the time keepers here are a lot more like the time twisters of the comic. The keepers, I think are like a larger council. No, wait, no, it's still just three people, but I was amused that uh, the way that they brought in the time twisters was as that little device that lets you move people in time and space.
1: Yeah, it just moves the people and not the furniture. We learned that, Mm -hmm. at least in the the show here. Uh, So the last foreshadowing moment we had was during the, I don't know what to call it. I was going to call it an infomercial. It was not an infomercial, That little anime, that comic thing that was at the beginning. What would, what do we want to call that? It's like, um, there's a specific word for it. Like, oh, I'm blanking out. Right. You know what I'm talking about? So at the end of that, it says, if this is breached or broken, there will be a multi-universal war. Right. So all the foreshadowing is there that we're going to have bigger implications out of this, or it's set up for a great series, a great fun series, which I think is great. At the end, we find out that the really dangerous variant that they're going after is another version of Loki. I kind of saw that coming when they were in France, when old Wilson, when Mobius was in France and they were asking the little girl who was here and, and she pointed at the It was the actually devil. a
3: little boy. I thought I thought it that was? was a little girl too, but then I went to the I was
1: looking on IMDB. Yeah. And it's like French boy. Huh. So yeah, my bad. So anyway, the little boy with blue teeth, right? <laughs> blue teeth. The uh, blue teeth. Blueberry gum. Right. Points over to the the window, the painted window, and it's a devil-like thing. And Loki, with his headdress, does look devilish. So I thought for a moment there that it might be Loki. And at the, at the end, Mobius tells us it's the variant is Loki that we're going after. I don't know which version of Loki this is. Is this a version of Loki before that we have now or version of Loki after we have now? I I don't know, but it'll be interesting having Loki go after Loki.
3: I don't know, but I heard someone refer to the figure at the end as Cloakie, and I
1: thought that was very funny. Yeah, that's cool. Because he was wearing a cloak with the head. he He never revealed himself. He never saw him. We only have their word that this is an alternate Loki. So that's fair. Maybe that was put in after the fact uh, because you didn't want to lead people on for another week. Yeah, I I have no idea.
0: And it would be interesting. Everyone thinks of Loki as Tom Hiddleston. But if you've read the comics, Loki has been a woman, a horse, and other things. So it would be interesting to see if it's actually a version of Loki that we have not seen.
1: He is the master of illusion.
0: Yeah, and I, I really loved, he kept pointing out
3: that illusion is a tool of weak people. And what is Loki always doing? Illusions. And is, again, it's it's a little, it's a nice little look at his characterization. Tom Hiddleston must have had a blast finally being able to tell people his very important deep feelings on Loki and his motivations. Because we actually get that look into when Owen Wilson, when Mobius is talking to him and he's like, okay, well, you did this. And kind of like a therapist or psychologist with that whole like, no, let's go off on this. Let's explore this a little deeper. And yeah, Loki realizing that he didn't have as much of a plan as he thought and realizing that what
1: he was doing wasn't mischief. It was just mean. Interesting. Therapist. So we've had the therapist over in the Defenders Netflix universe that we talked about. That was terrible. We had the therapist that was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And now we have a therapist here. There's a lot of therapy that needs to happen in Marvel. If anybody needs therapy, it's these people. Let's face it. Out of those three, who's the best therapist so far? Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. (laughs) The untrained guy. Well, we don't know. He might be trained, but yeah.
3: He's had literally all the time in the
1: world, so who knows? And and like any good bureaucrat, he is literally asking to have his desk burned down. I'll show you my desk. It's right over here. Burn it down first. Start there.
3: I really like Owen Wilson as Mobius. It's Owen Wilson just always has that aura of very chill. And if you're somebody who your job is literally handling everything in time and space you have literally seen it all you needed someone who's not going to be phased by all the weird stuff in the universe and he very much puts out that aura of yeah you can't really surprise me at this point i'm just going
1: with it my job is literally going with the flow he gets the the blue candy and he says run it for time traces and stuff like that Well, probably not getting anything out of it it's just humoring you know, mm-hmm. Just do that. It didn't phase him one way or the other. Yeah, If you don't get anything out of it, great. If you do great. And here's Loki saying, I'm going to burn this all old... down." Sure. Go ahead. Put me out of my misery. It's like watching a parent
3: talk to a really angry six-year-old. Mm-hmm. It's that,
1: okay, fine. Go ahead. And part of me wonders if he allowed Loki to take the time twister from him as a point of yeah, it just to speed up everything to get to the point where okay, you know that you need to do this. You're stuck. You can't go back to your timeline. I hadn't actually thought about that. I mean, yeah, it, it's it might be and if not, whatever. It still served the purpose of getting there. But it did have Loki see the most powerful thing in the universe. So
3: mm-hmm. and he realized all this stuff that he thought was the most powerful is trinkets. And what's really the most powerful is control over the timeline, which I guess slight spoilers, possibly for the upcoming Marvel phase. I've seen people point out that it really looks like the middle timekeeper in both the animation and in those statues really looks like Kang the Conqueror, who has in the comics connections to the timekeepers. And we know they have cast someone as Kang the Conqueror in upcoming movies. Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Country. So is this setting that up? Are we being red herringed here?
1: Yeah, that good point. It could be red herring. I'm thinking of these Disney Plus series as just extra. I'm not sure that Disney or Marvel is ready to say that. This is something that you must see for the MCU.
3: There was an interview recently where they did say that, yeah, this one has the is going to have the most impact on the movies that we've had of any of the current TV
1: shows. I'm okay with that because I'm watching it. But I, I wonder for the people that don't watch TV, if they're able to slide into it without seeing the series. I hope so. All right. I liked this a lot. I, I didn't think I was going to when it started off. I, I thought it was a bit cheap. I thought it was a bit like Legends of Tomorrow, to be honest with you. I'm like, I don't want to do this again. But I think once you get through the layers of it, I think it was really good. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Michelle, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I like how, again, it's the tone and the plot right off the bat. Same. It's
3: fun. It just has all of the series so far have had that element of fun to them. This one feels the most like irreverent and just
1: knowing absolutely what it is and running with it. So next time we're going to talk low key season one, episode two. If you're following legends of field, we've moved our recordings to Thursday night, 7 PM Eastern. Some come and join us at geeks.live and join our live chat. And we would love to hear what you think about this recent a series on Disney Plus. In the meantime, we do have some Marvel news to get to.
0: We have some casting news for She-Hulk.
3: Indeed we do. We have a villain for She-Hulk. Jamila Jamil from The Good Place and the Misery Index on TBS is going to be playing Titania who was once a social outcast given the chance to gain superpowers by Dr. Doom during the original Secret Wars in the comics. No idea how she'll be getting her powers here. Looking forward to finding out. I really like Jamila Jamil.
0: Me too. And now we have casting news for Black Panther 2. Well, sort of. So we knew
3: that Tenoch is going to be in Black Panther 2. And there was rumors he was going to be the bad guy. And now those rumors are that he's going to be playing Namor, which seems to be backed up by some of the casting information. A website called POC Culture revealed that Black Panther 2 was looking to cast one Mayan woman called Zianya and one Mayan man called Cadmail, which is not a Mayan name. They also reported that the casting call indicates that all actors of North and South American indigenous backgrounds will be considered for the roles. So we might be seeing Atlantis portrayed as more of Mayan influenced because again, even though the Mayans are still around, there are plenty of them in like Guatemala. People attribute the Mayans as being the super mystical advanced culture. And yeah, they were pretty advanced. Wouldn't call them mystical, but Okay, whatever, we're getting representation and also it's speculated that Zianya and Cadmail could be code names for Namora and Atuma who are characters from Namor. And again, this is still all just speculation, but the casting calls are really really making it seem like this is a possibility and because I like Namor and because I like
0: representation, I'm very excited. And we have news about Loki and their gender. Okay.
3: So, Loki in the comics has been confirmed in recent years as gender fluid. Because you have somebody who can shapeshift. What does gender mean to someone who can shapeshift? There's a really famous comic. Well, famous. It's, it's a really well-known comic from the last couple of years. Where Odin's talking to thor loki and angela who is now retconned to be his daughter and he says my son my daughter my child who is both and in the file on loki that we see for the tva under sex it lists fluid and a lot of people were really scared like oh is that the only representation we're going to get kind of like disney and it's continuing first gay character that can be easily removed from the movie But director Kate Herron said, I would say the details are marked in, but it is something acknowledged. And Michael Waldron, the head writer and showrunner said, I know how many people identify with Loki in particular and are eager for representation, especially with this character. We worked really hard. So I'm hoping this is actually going to be something that is remarked upon and not just informed.
1: Well, I know that there's a lot of news coming out now that production is going on with all these series. So stay tuned for more Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. as we go over the news as the series and movies start coming out. We got Black Widow coming out soon. Remember that. All right. So with that, we're going to end the show today. And what we're thinking of doing is we're going to contemplate what a fish is on the way out. I just feel really fortunate to be able to be podcasting on the Marvel universe, the Marvel cinematic universe in this time. It's now we were kind of waning after end game, kind of that let down timeline. And now we've had this third series now, and it is just really pumping back up. We're going to get movies out soon too. And it's really a special time to be podcasting. So I'm very thankful for that. And I'm very thankful for our listeners to be sticking with us through all this. And if you have any feedback whatsoever on our show or on any of the Marvel content, please let us know. I mean, we finished the Netflix Defender stuff last week. We won't be going back to that, but we will be looking forward to other things. So we really are looking forward to the end of this series and everything else coming out later this year.
3: Seconded, we really, really, really want to thank our listeners. We hope that you're having fun listening to us talk about the marvel universe in general and right now loki in particular and we would actually love to hear from y'all of your thoughts and everything so yeah just get a hold of us let us know how you're liking the show and yeah thank you for sticking with us
0: yeah same thank you for watching us listening to us however you consume content we know there's a lot out there and thank you for taking your time to listen to us and if you are wondering our Discord has rules, we do promote the spoiler. We have a spoiler discussion room where after you watch Loki, you can just talk about whatever. But in the general channels, we do enforce if you do a spoiler, we, you know, we get you for that. So, um if you're worried about getting spoilers when you jump into our Discord, you again, you don't need to be afraid of that.
1: Yeah, and you only have a day before we record our episodes, but we will be abiding by the spoiler for the complete week until the next episode comes out. And then it's fair game, I would say. A matter of fact, you know, out in the open, as far as Marvel is concerned, they're not really saying, and Disney, they're not really saying anything about spoilers and, and having to not say anything. We're just abiding by it as a courtesy to everybody in the server, in the Discord server, and on Twitter, that we're just not going to spoil anything.
3: I'm also going to try to live tweet on Saturdays again at 10 a.m. Central Time. So I
1: will hopefully see people then. All right. Look forward to it. Until next week, as we cover episode two of this series, I'm director of the show, Pete. I'm agent Lauren. And I'm agent Michelle. See everybody next time. Bye. 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 Hopefully. Hopefully the internet holds out.
2: Hopefully. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended.
1: Hey. Hey. There's no guarantee my internet's going to hold out. So, we'll try it. Sure. It was doing the same thing that it was doing before. So, I don't know if they fixed it or if it just came back because temperature went down. Although, I don't think it did. So, I don't know. Hmm. It could be like that one Sunday where I was gone.
3: Okay. Okay. That neck burning thing really helped in that. The actual pain itself isn't such a big deal, but now there's like this weird, like, it feels like my bones are itching all the time mm. and my neck tends to just crap out without any warning because all of the, uh, warning signs are gone. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's fun. Mm. And I was, I drove a friend to a doctor's appointment earlier, so. That was uh, quite a lot of activity for the day.
1: Yep. Yeah. Any hints on how we get this one out?
3: Got a few ideas. Yeah. Time rewind this one out, split into a new multiverse on the way out.
0: Contemplate what a fish is.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but I thought that was he, funny. he was
3: going to turn me into a fish, whatever that is. Yeah, what's a fish? Uh, I love that actor so much. He was uh, in the Good Place, and I don't know if you watch Star Trek Lower Decks.
1: Yeah,
3: he's the voice of the uh, cyborg guy, whose name I'm blanking on.
1: I I don't remember, but I know who you're talking about crew. That crew is just funny. I love Lower Decks. Yeah. So he. Yeah. He. Uh, Started to get implants, and and he had this relationship with the... It was one of the two relationships that was going on.
3: Yeah, Rutherford. Yeah. That was it.
1: All right, in full disclosure, I watched this last night and fell asleep near the <laughs> end. I did watch it again right now on my phone, so I know what the ending is and everything. And it was just because I was watching it too late. It had nothing to do with the episode. You get to a certain age and you just fall asleep.
3: I feel that, yeah.
1: And it's my fault. I shouldn't have started watching it so late, but I did. Yeah, and it starts out with something familiar we already know from Endgame that Loki has a dangling time parcel out there. So it takes but we us call to. It. Never mind. I
3: was being dirty. Never mind. Keep, go ahead. Sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so we know that Loki. Was a plot device out of Avengers Endgame that needed to be closed up. Loki, when he was in the control room, mentions, oh, that's the most important, oh no. powerful oh thing no. in the universe. Shh.
3: Oh no. Just what he was making the point. I
1: know. <laughs> Loki, when he was in the control room, mentions, oh, that's the most important, oh no. powerful oh thing no. in the universe. Shh. Oh, no. Just what he was making the point. <laughs> I know.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I'm going to be at an online convention on Saturday. I'm very excited.
1: That's right. The two panels. Yeah, that's
3: great. Uh, What kind is for that? It's for hold on. It's super friends online expo. Some of my friends started it after missing a Superman meetup last year, and it's their third one that they've done and they have guests and they're raising money for the actors fund. And I'm there on a voice acting panel and on one about the women of DC. So I'm very excited.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I put that on my, when you posted that on Instagram, I put that on my story.
3: I saw, thank you.
1: Yeah, you bet.
3: Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2021.